Hi, I'm Father Daniel Duplantis, a Catholic priest, martial artist, and host of the Karate Priest Podcast. Have you ever wondered what the Church teaches about different topics? Are you a martial arts enthusiast or just someone who wants to learn more about martial arts? I'd like to invite you to join me and many guests on my podcast as we cover topics of faith, everyday living, and martial arts on the Karate Priest Podcast. Everybody. Welcome back to A Catholic's Perspective, the podcast all about being a young Catholic surviving in a secular world. Today, we have a wonderful guest with us. She is a friend of mine, and we are going to be talking about vocations. Welcome, Katie. Hi, Amber. Thank you so much for having me on tonight. I'm so excited. Thank you to for being on. It's going to be such a good, such a good thing. Now, you usually are mostly active on Instagram, right? You go live between like weekdays at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern time, right? Yes. Yeah. And you do usually like the chaplet and rosary and stuff like that. So if you guys are on Instagram, um, I think you also actually have a website, don't you? Yep. Sweetcatholic.com. Perfect. Yeah. So if you guys are interested in learning more about the rosary and the divine mercy chaplet, or you want somebody to pray with Katie goes live weekdays at 2 PM central time, 3 PM Eastern time. So thank you so much for coming on and doing this with us. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Awesome. Yeah. So my name's Katie. Like Amber said, I am a stay at home mom. I'm homeschooling our three daughters right now. My husband is in the army, so it can get a little crazy around certain times of the year like now. And, um, but just uh, navigating marriage, motherhood, and homeschooling definitely has my plate full. Um, the Instagram ministry is another side <laughs> thing that I'm trying to, um, manage as best as I can. And again, this is where discernment comes in because, um, a lot of people think or have mentioned or talked to me in the past about, Oh, now that you're like married and you have kids, that's it. Like your discernment is finished. No, it's not. We are still discerning our vocations every single day of our lives. We just want to fulfill what God, um, has in plan for us, um, to our best abilities. So yeah, no, it's so true. And I love that you bring that up about discernment because we're talking about like God's just like our discernment and our vocations and God's will for us. And there's like three levels of vocation that I actually wasn't too aware of until I started doing research for this. And the first one is the universal vocation to know, love, and serve God, which applies to everybody. We all have that vocation. The second one is the primary vocation, which is what we're talking about today, mainly, uh, which is about single life, marriage, or religious life. And then the last one is second secondary vocation, which is like what you're talking about, where it's like after you have your main vocation, you then use your gifts and talents to serve God. God while living in your primary and universal vocations. So that's pretty cool. I mean, to know that like, you don't just stop discerning, there's still so much more to be had, you know, and I think that's important because once people, especially girls, I've noticed get married or they find their vocation in religious life or something, they suddenly are like, well, this is it. And I'm just like, no, there's so much more. Right. It's just, absolutely like how you broke it down. I love that. And it's ultimately like the goal is heaven, sainthood, all the above, you know, you're just striving to really get to be with God in mm -hmm. heaven. Like you said, yeah. our main vocation is to know, love and serve God in this world. So we can be happy with him in the next. So these things that are just like walking up the ladder, marriage, having kids, raising those kids, doing the ministry, they're just like more rungs on the ladder that are climbing closer and closer to heaven. 
Exactly. And I think it's so cool because there are some people out there who will say like, oh, well, marriage is lesser of a a vocation than like religious life. But I mean, so many people forget that Mary and St. Joseph were parents, you know, and and I'm like, it's a wonderful vocation. And so whenever somebody tells me that I'm always like, well, you know, Our Lady and St. Joseph were parents. So what you, what you saying? Um, but like I said, you know, it's just, we were discussing like the vocations of single life, marriage and religious, you are the mother of three beautiful girls. Um, how (laughs) they're so sweet. I love seeing them all the time. They just say (laughs) hi. And they're just so sweet. How did you decide that, you know, marriage was your vocation? How did you discern that? It's tricky. Um, I had to have a lot of one-on-one time with God and prayer, adoration, praying the rosary was definitely a big one there. Um, I want to say, I remember when I was a little girl, probably like 12, 13, I was pretty set on being coming a nun because just seeing how things were going in like my own household, I was like, motherhood is not for me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I could ever but at that age, you're just so young and unexperienced. Like you just don't know how you would, um, how you would, uh, live in that type of apostolate or vocation. So of course, as a child, you're looking at it through those lenses. And that seemed like the easy way out to me, of course, like childbirth seemed really scary. So that was another reason why I was like, not interested. Right. And I was also really, um, I just really loved my prayer life. So I was like, well, if I'm a nun, then I'll be able to pray as much as I want, whenever I want, and it'll just be awesome. So that was how I felt when I was younger. And then as I turned like 14, 15, I took a babysitting course and I became like certified in Montessori teaching. And I just really grew to love children. I was a nanny. Um, it was something that I really loved. And then my passion was like, I want to be a teacher. I want to have my own preschool. I want to have my own school, Montessori. Those are my big dreams. And, um, Motherhood was still there, but I didn't know how that was going to happen because I didn't have like any prospects really in my future. Um, Not until after college then did I really feel called to become a wife and a mom. And I really did have to leave that in God's hands because um, Adam and I, we met in college. If you're not, I don't know if you're familiar with our story, but we met in college. He was my first ever boyfriend. And then we ended up breaking up. He left the school to join the military and Mm -hmm. I graduated. I finished out my college there. I graduated. I came back to New York and I was actually in another relationship that was not very good. Um, for two years, he was in a not very good relationship for two years. Also, um, he broke his relationship off and then I ended up breaking off my relationship and then God just had our paths meet up again. And the rest is history. (laughs) No, I really do feel like the rosary and the adoration because I was really just focusing on my own spiritual um, relationship with God when everything just kind of fell into place. I wasn't thinking about this is the guy I need to be with because I was with him for two years. And even though it was like a very controlling relationship, like it's okay, like he'll change or this or that, the other thing. I just kind of was like, I'm going to focus on me and God. And I just let it be. And I think that's beautiful because in reality, I think everything falls into place when we put God first, right? So when we start putting God first, he will provide us with what we need, whether that's a spouse or a vocational direction or something of that nature. But when we start putting God on the back burner and we start trying to decide things for ourselves, that's when we start getting into a little bit of trouble. Did you ever like go to a convent or anything to like discern at all? Or was it just kind of you as a child were just interested in it? 
Um, definitely me as a child. And then when I was in college, I was a sacred theology major. So we did have to go to convents and monasteries for the men. And we would just see, we would tour them. We toured EWTN. That was awesome. I love that. And then we also went to different um, rites of the mass. So we went to Byzantine, we went to Ukrainian. Um, well, Ukrainian is Byzantine, but we went to TLM. We went to a bunch. Of, so just being a sacred theology major really did open up my mind to like wow look at all these options that we have you know we could be married we could be a nun we could there's all these different orders of sisters but I then I think it's when it solidified it for me I was like yeah I don't think I'm feeling called here to be a nun right and I think there's definitely that you know that pull when you go to those things to be like okay well maybe this isn't the congregation or or not congregation but religious order for me Mm -hmm. but I still want this and I know when I stayed with the Dominican sisters I just had such a respect and love for what they do and how joyful they are you know Dominican sisters are just fantastic Mm -hmm. um I was deciding between them them and Franciscans because I really like being barefoot that was the only reason (laughs) um but then I went and I was like this seems like the impossible vocation This Mm -hmm. seems so hard that I would rather literally just die than do this. And it's interesting because I talked to one of the, um, the women, the, uh, one of the sisters there, uh, sister Sherbell, and she told me, she was like, look, if this seems like the impossible vocation, then it's not yours because for her, the impossible vocation was marriage to her be doing that was more difficult than becoming a celibate none, you know, or sister. And so it's interesting how, how God puts these things on our hearts, because if I felt drawn to it, I would have been like, well, maybe this isn't like the religious order for me, but I'll find somewhere else. But instantly it was just like a, nope, this is not for me. Um, though I would still love to, you know, go to, you know, different convents and things and just for retreats and things of that nature. But, you know, it really takes a special soul to become a sister and a nun and a monk or a priest or a brother. Um, It's definitely not for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I know that this, the discernment, you know, of your vocations can be difficult, especially if we're pulled towards one vocation or another vocation. What would you think is a good way to remedy this? Um, So from feeling like torn between two vocations yeah Um, I think exactly as you were saying like if you have a calling on your heart it's there for a reason I really do believe that God puts these things on our hearts from the very beginning and it just takes time and prayer before they grow into like our full vocation Um, so it could be possible that you know, you might be called to be a a sister or a nun and, or be married, but you're not sure how to discern that yet. I think what Amber suggested was a really good idea. Like go put yourself into, um, into a a Carmelite sisterhood maybe, or any type of convent or monastery. If you're a man and you're wondering what your vocation might be and try to see if you can attend a, a retreat there, maybe a silent retreat and just really discern, have that time with you and God to see if that's, something that would be pulling you even closer to him, or maybe you're seeing that you would be interested in becoming a husband or a wife. Um, But then also, I think along with that would be um, laying it down all at the foot of the cross and actually not just saying that, but making that act every single day and just saying, Lord, whatever you would will of me, um, I'm here to do your will and to pray the trustful novena to divine providence. That's a huge one. I was praying that on repeat, I think for 
years. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. I need to get better at like when a difficult time pops up where I'm unsure about something to just like drop everything and pray because I feel like so many times, especially me, cause like I'm a control freak in a sense, I always feel like, okay, how do I fix this? But then necessarily something might not just need to be fixed. God just might be trying to show us something. Um, and I think a lot of people view issues and these problems that pop up as being discouraging and, and just like a, a wall in the way that they're trying to go. But in reality, maybe God's trying to keep you from something that's not good for you. Or maybe he's trying to point you in a different direction because, I mean, honestly, when God shuts a door, he'll open a window too. Um, mm-hmm. So you just have to kind of be agile and crawl through it. But I think a lot of the times people get wrapped up in this whole like, you know, this rush to figure out what their vocation is, especially like people in college. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if you experienced that, but I know I did where I was just like, what am I meant to do? Because when you're in college, that's like when you find your spouse or when you're supposed to at least. And that's when you're supposed to really know what you want to do in your career, what you want to do in school, what you want to do for parenting, you know? Um, and I feel like there's almost this rush to figure out what your vocation is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't, it starts and it like never stops because I did feel the same way in college. I was seeing friends and their senior year were already engaged and um, I wasn't sure what was going to happen with me and that other person that I was with at the time. And I just kind of was thinking, well, this is it. Like, it's going to have to be him then because once I graduate and come back to where I'm living now, I was like, I don't think I'm going to, you know, find anyone. And then it doesn't stop. Like even now I still look at friends and I'm like, oh my gosh, they have so many more children than I do. Like what? And it shouldn't be like that. It's like, thank you God for the children that we have. If you will us to have more then we'll have more. Um, you know, a lot of the times people are like, oh, are you going to keep trying until you have a boy? And it's like, you know what? God gave us three beautiful girls and I'm fine with that. If we have a son, then awesome too, you know? <laughs> um, but I do think that it's very, the world is very rushed. It is very like, um, I got to do this. I got to do that. I have to get it done by this time. And a lot of it shouldn't, it should be focused more around like, how can I, how can I have my day revolve around my prayer, which is Lord, whatever you would like me to do, just present it to me. And I really like what you said about, um, just letting God take care of it. I don't know if you've read the diary of St. Faustina. Not Um, fully, but I've read, I've read excerpts. So, okay. I am making my, that's my goal this year. I just started reading it. I'm getting through it, but she is such an inspiration. There was one excerpt in her diary that she had a plan. She was going to go out with another sister and they were going to go on a boat ride to go visit um, another religious area. And like Jesus came to her and he was like, I don't want you to go there because it's not good for your soul. And she was like, well, we already had this plan, so I'm not going to cancel it. She's like, if you don't want us to go, then you have to figure it out. Yeah. And literally like the next day she goes to mass and it's like nice and sunny out. And she's like, fine, I guess I'm still going because he didn't figure it out. And then during the mass, literally like a thunderstorm broke out and the head nun was like, no one's going on this trip. It's dangerous. It's raining. And so she oh was like, God. fine. I guess Jesus didn't want me to go. <laughs> so I'm like, that's literally how we should approach everything in our life. If you don't want me to do this, then take care of it. And I won't do it. Like, <laughs> right. No. And it's so true due to the fact that it's like so many people try to take control onto themselves. But if you trust God and you're like, God, take this from me, or you invoke his, his authority, you know, and stuff, he will listen. Well, not listen, but like he will provide, so to speak, you know, it's quite relieving to know that I don't have to handle everything and control everything because 
knowing that it's already taken care of is just like a huge weight lifted off. Mm -hmm. Um, what did my spiritual director said to me the other day? He was like, um, you have the, you have the yoke of Jesus. His, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He's like, just remember that when you're going through life, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. You don't want to be the one in control because that burden is heavy and it just brings you down. No, that's beautiful. I love that. I also love what you mentioned about like the whole competition thing, Mm -hmm. you know, people constantly like comparing themselves. Now I'm not a mom yet, but hopefully one day, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, it's one of those things where I, I notice that I compare myself to Catholic content creators all the time, you know, because I'm like, oh, should I be posting more of that? Should I be doing more of this? And it's one of those unfortunate, you know, things we can fall into. But like you said, it doesn't really stop when you get into motherhood. Like you'll start comparing yourself to other people, your friends, your family. And I feel like that's kind of the downfall of being humans is we want things we don't have because the grass looks greener on the other side. But in reality, God's giving you the specific, you know, the specific things you need in this moment of your life because it's good for your soul, right? Otherwise he wouldn't um, because he, you know, all things are done through Christ, you know, and things done through Christ strengthens us. Absolutely. even if we feel like something might be too much, you know, God doesn't, well, God will give us more than we can handle because he knows that it means we'll get stronger, but he doesn't give us an abundance of things that, um, we can't handle if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think I get that. It's like, you're saying he isn't going to give us, he isn't going to give us something that is just like going to totally weigh us down. He's going to, he's going to give us what's appropriate for us. And it might seem like, wow, this is too much. But once you're working through it and getting past it, you're going to be like, wow, that was actually very beneficial for me. Even though at first I was like, ah, there's no way. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think that can be the hardest thing about like discerning your vocation because each vocation is so different and Mm -hmm. each person is so different. And so God will give us different trials and different, uh, I guess, joys and sufferings to help us as individual people. You know, my suffering looks different from your suffering and my vocation looks different from your vocation, even though it might be the exact same like marriage. Mm. Um, But marriage looks different to everyone and each vocation is different. And in single life, which is usually consecrated single life, as you like consecrate yourself to God and then marry God, like that's what you do. And usually they live in like this community with people who are also consecrated virgins. And then marriage is obviously the sacrament and it kind of looks different for everybody, but it's like, it's a man and a woman becoming one flesh and it's beautiful and you're open to children and things. And then religious life, that looks different for everyone too, due to the fact that there's so many convents and seminaries, like we were talking about before, and they're all different in how they live out their vocation. But um, there's like off the top of my head, there's Dominicans, Carmelites, uh, Benedictines, Franciscans, there's monks, there's so many. Um, And so there's a lot. So if somebody feels called to the religious life, you know, whether you're male or female, you have plenty of options. Yeah. Um, But it's like, what do you think are like some struggles, though, that we face in each vocation a little bit? It's always going to come down to, is this what God wants me to do or not? Is it Mm -hmm. me or is it God? That's a big one for myself. Um, and I have to say the Instagram ministry was a huge question mark for me in 2019. 
I just wasn't sure. It wasn't a ministry at that point. It was just a mom blogger page. So it was kind of just like, this is what I made today with my kids. This is, you know, what mom bloggers typically do. Like, here's a life hack. Here's this or that um, project or someone sponsored me with this item. So I'm going to share that. So that's what the page was. That's why it was a huge question mark because it had nothing to do with Catholicism. And um, it was just like, what does this have to do with my life and how is it helping people because I really didn't feel like it was doing that so to me it was just a huge question mark and it was also just um ineffective use of time um so I actually shut down the page and I reopened it up nine or ten months later because I did feel in my discernments that God wanted me to use that page for Catholicism specifically so I switched everything over and here we have like this beautiful prayer filled community that's just thriving. And now I feel like it does serve people the way that I wanted or that the way that God intended to, like I consecrated the page to Jesus through Mary. And I always pray over posts before I post them. If I feel in my heart, like, oh, you should share this prayer today, then I'll share it. And, you know, if I get a lot of people saying, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of anxiety, then I'll search for a prayer for anxiety and share that that day. Or So I just feel like God, like I'm trying my best to really just let God use the page for the way it's supposed to be. And I, I noticed a lot of people, was, so I've been trying, I've been getting hacked a lot. So I oh. always say to my community, if something were to happen, then that's just God being like, this is over, it's done. And it doesn't matter. And they're like, oh no, it can't be that. I was like, <laughs> you, can, you can move forward. You can pray the rosary. You can pray the divine mercy chaplet. It's, it's God that you really need, not me. Like, don't, I really just need to get that message out there because the fact that the page has grown to where it is today it's just mind-blowing and when I was looking at it originally as a mom blogger it was like oh my gosh this is the number I'm at I have this many followers I have this I was always worried about the followers mm -hmm. I was always worried about the likes and now it's just like I don't care like it's sad that I'm like oh my my photo didn't get that many likes so I really like that prayer to Saint Joseph and nobody really liked it but I don't care I'm like it's it's whatever if God wanted people to like that then I think he would have pushed it out for more people to see and right so, like I said I think the biggest thing is is it for me or is it for God so right. that's really what helps in deciding um, and I think that's beautiful too because I think people need to do that with their their own interior ministry you know um whether that's marriage or something uh praying over you know, projects with their kids, you know, and consulting God when they come up with an issue with their children, or if you are on social media, you know, praying about that post before you post it. And that's something that I've definitely tried, you know, putting more into my ministry as well is because God is the whole reason this is happening. You know, without him, we would be nothing. And so trying to give glory back to God through a ministry can be difficult when you have all these people congratulating you and giving you all this, you know, confidence. And it can, if you're not careful about checking it, especially for me, it can turn into pride and be like, yeah, you know, I'm just so great, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it can be difficult for sure. This is something that I'm working on right now. Um, the litany of humility is a beautiful one. The litany of trust. I love those. I really recommend that. And, um, this is something that, you know, I 
was discussing with my husband and my spiritual director mentioned it. He was like, you know what, watch out for the pride, watch out for the vanity. And I'm like, always. And he's like, and I'm telling you now, like to watch mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, got it. Well, it's it not like, I trust him. If he tells me to like, get off of my Instagram, I will, because mm-hmm. I would rather be spiritually safe than in harm's way. So, and it can creep in, in like the smallest way, you know, mm-hmm. it's not even like some people think vanity or like, uh, pride can come from posting too many selfies or revealing photos or this or that, but you know, vanity and pride can come from a whole bunch of different areas. And I think that's why, you know, it, it's so important that we are alert and we're ready for the lion that is stalking us in the grass. Because as soon as we let our guard down and maybe we're like, yeah, well, I am pretty awesome. Not to say like having confidence and a good sense of pride in yourself is bad. There's a fine line, you know, between being proud of what you've accomplished and, and thanking God for that and having that self-confidence. But then you kind of tiptoe the line of, oh yeah, I did all of this and this is all on me and I'm the best and I'm the greatest. And that's Mm -hmm. when you start sliding down that slippery slope. And that's, I love the litany of humility and trust. I think my boyfriend and I, we did the litany of trust not too long ago, just because we were both struggling with things. You know, he's trying to get into a college for his PhD major. I'm trying to get my ministry off the ground and everything. And uh, it could just be really difficult sometimes to trust in God's plan when we can't see it. Right. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes we try to take it into our own hands and it might go well for a little while because God's like, all right, we're going to let her go on her own for a little bit. And then when I fall on my face, he's like, all right, pick her up. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Get the ambulance. Yeah, literally, honestly, just like, wee, wee, wee. (laughs) Yeah, but it's just crazy to me how, uh, you know, unique every vocation really is because again, like even though we might have a similar vocation, our secondary vocation might be completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, we have that similarity where we both run a ministry, but yeah. our ministries are significantly different because we're significantly different people and our ages are different and everything like that. You know, we're in different times of our lives. But I think so many people try to compare their vocation to other people who are in their vocation. Um, like let's say like, yeah, like my vocation's marriage. Let's say that. Okay. And your vocation's marriage, but you're already married and you have three beautiful girls and everything like that. Someone might be tempted to be like, oh, I'm 23. I should have like four kids already and, you know, be done with this and that. And in reality, like, no, because you are not that person, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think we can, as women, especially, we can really get wrapped up in that and we can become, I don't want to say bitter, but we can really become, um, I guess, bitter towards God in our own vocation because we're like, oh, we should be here. And that's just with anything. It could be grades. It could be college. It could be a sports team that you're on. Like, oh, I should be better at dribbling the ball. But, um, and it's like one of those things where I think it's really important to stay on top of that and remember that we are not like the same person. Right. That also kind of made me think back to, um, call me crazy, but like the garden of Eden, when they just wanted to know more, they wanted more answers they wanted. Um, so they kind of took control and that's when the fall happened. I mean, I feel like everyone in their life is in the spot where God wants them to be, whether it's in like a not really great spot or it's a good spot and they could achieve more or it's just it's hard to tell because everyone is so different like you're saying but 
that doesn't mean that they're not supposed to be in that spot because I do feel like God has a plan in everything in all circumstances. It's just really important to um, really ask and, and put yourself at the foot of the cross, literally, and just be like, what do you want out of me in this situation in my life? Why is this happening? How could we, how could I better glorify you and serve you in this situation? And, or what, or if you don't know what your calling is, then to say, what is my calling and not try to force something to go the way that you want to, or to find all the answers for everything, because you are not God. And that's just never going to happen. Right. And it's so true. I think we really have like that control freak kind of mindset where we just we always want to know what's next. We, we don't like surprises as human beings. We just, we always want to know what the next step is, what the next decision should be. And in reality, like, even if we make a wrong decision, God will still meet us where we're at and be like, okay, now we have to go this way because you made that decision, but he's never going to be like, nope, that's it. I'm throwing in the towel. Like you're done. Um, he's never like that. You know, he's he's always really the best, the most loving, the most merciful. And, um, I can definitely say there was a huge uh, decision that Adam and I had to make before we had kids while he was in the military and he was supposed, he was, he was choosing whether or not to go on a very long deployment. And because I was not fully like discerned and fully committed to the will of God. And my will was for him not to go on that deployment. He decided for my sake, not to go on that deployment. And now looking back on that, I was like, wow, that would have like where we are right now, he wouldn't be traveling as much as he is if he did go on that, because that would have been his one huge deployment. And that was before we had kids. So I would have just been doing my own thing just for a few months. And I'm like, God really did have it figured out nicely. And I decided to go the other way. And because of that, I'm taking this long, hard road right now. And, you know, Adam was like, yeah, I didn't want to put you through that because it was a hard time for both of us. We were just newly married. And so you have to really like, we all have those parts in our life that we look back on, but it's not regret or anything like that. It's just, I should have trusted. I should have really prayed more and just really given it to God instead of forcing it to go the way I wanted it to go out of fear. Fear is so imminent. I especially, I feel like in the world now with everything that's going on with social media and the news and the world with everything, fear is like the foothold. If that gets into your soul, it will literally tear you down to other deadly sins, dread, pride, laziness. It'll just come cascading down on you. And I think a lot of us are sensing it this year a lot. Um, So it's really important to just keep yourself grounded in your faith, call on the Holy Spirit, call on your guardian angel. That's why they're there to give you that strength. You need to just keep that door closed. And even if it gets cracked open, you got to get your holy water and bless salt or whatever. I don't know what. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, it's so true though, because I, I do think like what you said from your story example, I think there are so many examples like that where we look back and we're like, oh, if I had only trusted God again, it's not regret. It's just observation. And you see it and you're just like, this should be proof that I should just trust God. And yet every single day we're just like, well, maybe this time it'll be different. And I tend to fall into that until I'm like, wait, no. And I think that comes from like intentionally living as well. You know, are we intentionally living for Christ every day or are we just going about the motions and just trying to 
reach the bare minimum of fulfilling our vocations. Because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, there is an overwhelming sense when you're in a vocation. I'm sure mother motherhood can be overwhelming sometimes yet also joyful. I'm sure, you know, consecrated single lives like that. And, and I definitely know priests and religious lives can be overwhelming yet joyful, Mm -hmm. but there's something about living your life intentionally for God and, and intentionally living out your vocation for God and not just trying to reach the bare minimum, but going above and beyond your duties. Maybe that's not feasible every single day. Obviously that's, you know, we have to take care of ourselves too, but there's something to be said about living intentionally like that. Yeah, absolutely. I will definitely plug the reform online reform wellness. They're Mm -hmm. a phenomenal resource to use. Um, especially if you're discerning your vocation, I feel like they really do help everyone just get grounded and centered in Christ first and foremost. And then they focus on all these other wellness pillars, um, like physical stress, um, nutrition, they will focus on, um, space, which is just time with you and God. And, um, I know I said uh, play, so everyone should have like joyful moments where they're playing every single day. Um, and there's a few other of their pillars, but they're so rounded. And once you start like going through their courses, I'm in a, I'm taking a second course with them right now. And it's just oh, like wonderful. really, really good. It's really fruitful. What's it called again? Reform online. Reformed online. I'm just going to look it up later, but yeah, I'll put it in the notes for people. Yeah. So right now I am in dig to the roots, which is the second step up. Um, so the first one is just reform online and they just teach you about the nine pillars and, you know, really just living out your life rooted in Christ. And it ties in with this book I'm reading right now. I'm doing a lot of healing this year. Okay. So the book I'm reading is not just the St. Faustina's diary, which is very healing, but be healed by Bob shoots. I think his name is Oh, a really good book. And I've heard of that. A lot a lot of our stuff that we have, everyone has some type of healing that they need to get through. They have some type of, you know, like for me, I have chronic illness. I have migraines. I have back and neck pain. I have, you know, spine problems, but that's all like what he's going through in his book right now that I'm learning is all of that is rooted in something spiritual. It's something there's a, there's a tree and then there's roots to the tree and those roots need healing before your whole person can be healed. So I have to say that that is a huge part in living out your vocation as well, because if you're only like partially invested because you're not feeling very good, then it's going to be very hard to really fully commit to surrendering to God because you're not really feeling your best. Right. No, that's beautiful. I think that's, there's something to be said about that too, because there's so many people that struggle with chronic illness and other things like infertility or, or certain things, you know, that, that can really impact a person and, and, you know, um, can break us down almost because we feel like there's something wrong with us, but in reality, yeah. And in a way it's more like a way that we can lean on God, but I love that you mentioned that because I think that resource will be very helpful for a lot of people because there's so many people that struggle with chronic illness these days and, and pain, you know, um, I was about to say tuberculosis, scoliosis. I mean, tuberculosis, I guess too, but like scoliosis and arthritis and migraines and it's just heartbreaking to know that like, these are all because of sin, you know, because of the fall of Adam and Eve and and stuff like that. But also to know that our reward in heaven will be great because we'll have our new bodies, you know, without pain, without all this stuff. And so 
I totally, I, I don't get the personal level of it, but I understand the concept of it and how it can be really disheartening for so many people. Um, so it's beautiful that you shared that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just think it's wonderful to talk about vocations in general because there's so many people out there that are just a little bit confused on what they are. So sure. I just wanted to say thank you for coming on and, and being able to talk to these things, um, talk to these things on your own level, but also like with me. I just think it's really fun <laughs> conversation. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. We got, you know, a lot of stuff that we discussed and I shared, maybe I shared overshared, but if oh, I no. did, I think um, it helps people. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like hopefully this serves as a helpful tool for anyone out there who just is trying to walk the straight and narrow like we all are really. It just doesn't end. Um, I'm still discerning on everything every single day. It just doesn't end and it's not going to end until we die. <laughs> yeah, literally. Cause then we'll be hopefully in heaven. Yeah. So no, exactly. and I mean that, like in a joyful way, like death is exciting. It's not something to be feared. That's what our mission is to, well, to be united with God finally. So we, we want to do a whole podcast day. on death, honestly. <laughs> I've had a lot of people ask me about the three days of darkness and all that. Yeah. So that I should- love that. Yeah. I don't do podcasts, but you should do one on that. (laughs) I feel that. Yeah, no, I know. I love the three days of darkness. I mean, obviously it's personal revelation or private revelation. So you don't have to believe it, but I'm like, better to be prepared than not prepared. Right. Yeah. So now that everyone's wondering, we should probably just share a little bit about what what are they talking about? Right. Did you want to explain it a little bit? I think you might be more pressure on it. No. Okay. (laughs) So basically the three days of darkness are supposed to be basically the three days at the was at the end of the world where the gates of hell is unleashed upon the world and you're supposed to cover all your windows you're supposed to have blessed bees 100% pure beeswax candles uh, which will light when you know the three days of darkness happens and you cannot go outside what you should be doing is praying for those three days the rosary is really powerful and if you go outside basically I believe it's you drop dead um because they're the demons will try to do anything to get you to come outside. And so uh, there's so much more, but that's like a little tidbit. So maybe I should do an entire podcast about that. That would be interesting. Perfect for Halloween. Yeah. And I don't think it's anything to really be scared of because it's really just there to reveal to the world how real hell is true, and how important God wants, how important it is that we need to really get to heaven to be with God, because he's literally like, this is your last chance. He's like, come on guys. Yeah. And there will be an illumination of conscience, which I'm sure you've heard of that too. When we'll be able to see our souls as God sees them, which is extremely frightening to me. Um, Reading St. Faustina's diary, she did say that in one of her encounters with Jesus, and I'm like, this is a really godly woman. Okay. She's like a saint. And she saw herself through God's eyes and she was literally like, terrorized because of how bad she looked in God's eye like how like sinful not bad but sinful right. so I'm like when I'm, there, I'm like sobbing oh my god yeah. <laughs> never, like, like what about me <laughs> so having the illumination of conscience is a little frightening but also to look at it like okay now I know what I need to do from here on out moving exactly. forward because it isn't like I'm showing you how I view you and that's it like you're done it's like I'm giving you another chance I'm, I'm telling you what you need to do I'm showing you what you need to do. So exactly. No, I completely agree. 
<laughs> yeah, I know it can be horrifying though. I mean, honestly, but I think it gives us motivation to do yes. better, you know? That's what it serves as just like, hey, be aware of it and know mm-hmm. it now. This is it. <laughs> slap in the face for you. <laughs> yeah, I think there are some people out there that when that happens, they're just literally, like you said, when you go outside, you just drop dead. Like they'll just drop dead because of how mortified they are. Mortifying, it. yeah. I understand. Yeah. That's just crazy, but it's so cool to think about, you know, how rich our faith is and like how we have those explanation for things. I I just think that's really cool. I know. Like, I don't think any other faith does that where God's Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I'm going to let you know how I look, how you look to me. And (laughs) like (laughs) looking to God's eyes. Yeah. Yeah. He literally gives us so many chances. (laughs) Yeah. And we're just like, well, maybe next time (laughs) it's like little kids when you try to give them a five minute timeout and they're just like, no, yeah, exactly. I can earn it back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And God keeps trying to give us those timeouts because our lady appeared to us in Akita and Fatima and we still don't listen. It's just yeah. absolutely crazy. But yeah. no, that's that I love doing topics like that. That should be a whole other topic. But thank you again so much, Katie, for coming You're on welcome. here. And where can my followers find you one more time? So I have Sweet Catholic Life on Instagram. And then if you go to sweetcatholic.com, you can check out my website there. We have a monthly newsletter that I like to push out. Um, This month started in the middle of the week, so I will get my monthly newsletter out on Monday. Um, And yeah, I think that's it. You can put prayer intentions in there. We will get you on the prayer line. And I pray daily uh, every weekday at 3 p.m. Eastern. We do Divine Mercy Chaplet. Sometimes we have a novena that we're praying and then uh, the rosary. Beautiful. Yeah. No, I love that so much. Sometimes I pop on and I'm like, oh my gosh, yay, <laughs> community. Yeah. Oh it's my really gosh. Nice if you ever it. jump in and you want to pray with us, you're more than welcome to. Just oh, thank that. you. Yeah. No, I definitely will sometime. That's awesome. Sometimes we do in many ways, but yeah. No, that's so cool. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate you coming on. And if you guys really like this conversation, make sure you go give Katie a like on her Instagram and her uh her website. So thank you, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome to chat with you and I hope you enjoy your weekend. Yeah, you too so much. Yes. (laughs) And with all of that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hopefully it helped anyone who was discerning vocations or anything of that nature. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye guys. Thank you so much for listening to A Catholic's Perspective with me, The Religious Hippie. Make sure to visit my official website at thereligioushippie.com, and while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter to keep up to date with my latest news and offerings. You can also find me on virtually any social media site as The Religious Hippie. Thanks for listening! A quest is a search for something. And every week, the Quest podcast will show you how we know what we know, through interviews with people that have incredible stories of dedication and perseverance. I'm your host, Todd Fisher. Join me in this thought-provoking and inspiring podcast of discovery. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please be sure to rate and review this episode. This podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and Anthony Smith and is distributed by Metacortex Publishing. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyright content is used by permission. Information and opinions stated in this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. Please be sure and visit the official website for Metacortex Publishing at metacortexpublishing.com or find us on social media for other unique content.